podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello there guys, it's Daniel Childs here. It is Let's Talk Chelsea for Tuesday, the 28th of November. Another day closer to December, fully in the festive spirit. And we have got actually quite a bit of news to get through today. Also quite a lot of opinions that people have had in reaction to transfer stories. That is going to be the basically main bulk of today's show. Are Chelsea right in their transfer strategy? What is that transfer strategy as we head closer to the January window. If you are new around here, are a Chelsea fan and you haven't subscribed already, what are you doing? It's free to do. Join the community, hit that subscribe button and turn those notifications on so you don't miss any of the uploads on the channel as we head closer to Christmas. It's going to be a great time of year. I can't guarantee Chelsea are going to be making us happy, but hopefully I can provide some cheer the best way I can by providing some good content towards the end of 2023. If you're listening on the podcast feed, thank you as well for tuning in. But let's get into the story. So firstly, we're going to talk about Gabriel Moscardo, uh, the Brazilian midfielder at Corinthians. We did touch on this player recently and there were links. I think Nazar Kinsella was originally on the London is Blue podcast and was referencing this target. It kind of all blew up last night. So originally, I've got to give credit to Jessica Frotter. She's a great Chelsea fan account. Definitely go and suggest. Uh, but she has a lot of, obviously, interest in Brazilian football and a lot of the reports over there. And she did reference and, and share this piece that was kind of claiming in a report that basically Chelsea had bought Moscato from Corinthians. He had been sold. And there was a lot of kind of uh, reaction to that. Was that true? Was that accurate? A few hours later, Fabrizio Romano comes in and reports that there is nothing done or agreed between Chelsea and Corinthians for Gabriel Moscato. It turns out, actually, the journalist and a reporter on that show was basically an ex-player. And it wasn't like kind of a top-tier source breaking that news. It would be equivalent to, say, Gary Neville going on Sky Sports and talking about Chelsea buying a player or Man United buying a player. It's not quite the same thing. And basically, by the time I'm recording this video, it kind of seems like Chelsea are completely out of the race for Moscato now. And one report suggesting that Chelsea have signed too many young midfielders recently and a move for Moscato has been completely ruled out. And Romano goes on to report that PSG are now uh, interested in the player leading that race. There was a lot of reaction to this and it kind of goes in different directions. So I do want to reference this tweet uh, from Peter Pankowski. I've, I really enjoy his work, a lot of sort of analytical work around Chelsea, delving into player development. He has watched a lot of Moscato, which obviously I have not, so I can't speak to his talent and quality like he can, but he rates the player very highly. This is what he had to say. Provided this, he was tweeting this when it looked like Chelsea were going to sign the player. His development is not stunted. This is the closest player you can get to Declan Rice, simple as. At 17, he was already one of the best youngsters in his position and is rightfully to a degree demanding such a high level fee. And kind of a more general one, because this goes into all of these midfielders that Chelsea continue to buy. What is the actual pathway? What is the plan? And I think Chicago Dimitri, another great account that I suggest you go and follow in a thread today, really did break this down, I think, quite eloquently in, in terms of the plan is 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 not kind of um, 
uncertain and a whole mystery. It's just whether the plan of this club is actually going to work. Is it feasible? Is it even realistic? And this is what he had to say. I'm getting pretty tired of being told that I don't understand what the plan is. The plan is not even remotely hard to understand. Conceptually, here it is. Buy a large amount of promising players at a discount, increase their valuation through developing them and showcasing them in leagues. Keep the best ones and sell the rest for profit. It's also literally the plan that football manager players do in pretty much every football manager save ever played. We're well familiar with the plan. A lot of us just doubt it can be successfully implemented in the real world by a team looking to compete for trophies. What happens when your young squad doesn't quite get good fast and you miss European football several years in a row? What happens when a manager doesn't actually want to play these young players? He goes on with several questions. I remember during the summer bringing up this point around Chelsea's recruitment strategy of young players, especially those who, I mean, aren't even touching the first team currently. I guess you could throw Kendry Pyers in this bracket. Amari Hutchinson, of course, was in the academy last year, but now on loan at Ipswich. Sorry, Cassidy was also in the academy last year, but has now had several loans, is doing well at Leicester. Others too, and Moscato could have been another one added to that list. What happens to those players? How does it not clog up the pathway of those at Cobham? And how is this not just all a potential route for multi-club, basically loans to the likes of Strasbourg and others, or just to make a profit on these players? And I do agree with Dimitri and others, and this is a concern I have, is that what Chelsea are trying to do, it feels almost like in contrast and almost conflict with what top teams who want to be near the basically the top of the food chain are trying to do. It's not the sense that you, you know, Chelsea of old very much used their academy to make profit, as we know. That's, you know, the loan army was an infamous thing and with barely, you know, barely any names breaking into the first team, we'd make profit and, and sometimes quite good profit on those players to sell them on after some good loans. But in the case of this, you know, it's it's a strategy that seems to me more akin to a club who kind of understands financially it's going to be a difficult test for them to break into, say, the Premier League top four to really ever compete for the largest titles unless something really goes well for you and you have a Leicester situation. And actually what you're trying to do is continue to recruit players, sell them on for a high fee, you then invest in the squad. It's kind of very basic. We've seen it across Europe, but especially in the Premier League. I guess Brighton is always heralded as the option. I mean, you could look back at an example of Southampton. Of course, after a while, if you if you struggle to replace those players that you sell on, then you can be in some real bother. The problem is Chelsea are not looking to be a top 10 to 8 to 7 in the Premier League. I mean, that's kind of where we are at the moment, but I, it's quite clear with the money we've spent and the ambitions of this ownership they did not buy Chelsea with the idea of just have, being a mid-table club. How is, if if, if the plan is to, to get them to Chelsea, all the variables of players getting injured, form, how they, you know, very much connect with the current first team, how the head coach utilises them in the best way. These are all kind of variables that are going to make a player successful or not. How does that link with a club who, especially with fans, who still demand very quick results. So that's always been kind of my question. I don't think it's the most absurd idea. It just feels very much clashing with Chelsea culture and just the idea of, of being one of the top clubs where the pressure is to consistently invest when Man City continue to invest, when Arsenal, Liverpool, Man United, you know, those clubs aren't just going to disappear overnight. So I'd like to know your thoughts about it. It's not this, you know, I'd like to think, I would, you know, I pray to think that this strategy is a genius one by Chelsea. And the likes of Kendry Pires in 
three, four years' time will look like an incredible buy for Chelsea Football Club when we would have bought the next incredible talent and he comes into the first team, a first team that's doing a lot better and he looks like a superstar. Moving on to... We can talk about the future, but kind of the the present or at least the near future, the January transfer window. Matt Law with this piece. Chelsea plan one in, one out policy to streamline January signings. Telegraph Sport understands that Chelsea are looking at making two or three first team signings in the winter transfer window to boost head coach Mauricio Pochettino's squad. But the club wants to offset any signings with at least the same number of departures so that Pochettino's squad does not grow out of control. Trevor Chalabar, who was a summer target of Bayern Munich, is, ex- is expected to be sold, while Chelsea will again listen to offers for left-back Ian Matson, who turned down a move to- back to Burnley during the summer. I did see a report from Zarkin Kinsella that Fulham have interest in Armando Breuer too. I want to link this with a piece about you know who, Victor Osterman. Uh, Mike McGrath also of the Telegraph was reporting that Osterman will be Chelsea's top transfer target in the search for a striker. That's nothing new in terms of the amount of money that it's going to take to get him out of Napoli. And there is a slight kind of personal link here with Khalidou Koulibaly, who of course left the club in the summer for Al Halal, but but has friends at the club and he's also close to Osterman, who was a teammate at Napoli when the striker arrived from Lille in 2020. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm still of the belief that Chelsea should not be going out there in January and spending anywhere close to what they did last year and just bulking up the squad even more. That's that's not required. I think the only position that's up for debate is a centre-forward in terms of bringing in someone who's maybe going to add that end product quickly. That's the only area I'm looking at. Central midfield, we have spent basically over 300 million over the last couple of windows when you look at if you just look at the three kind of first team signings in Moises Casado, Enzo Fernandez, both of those were over 100 million in fees and Romeo Lavia. The idea we need to be spending again in that area I think is just farcical. Other than that, this squad still needs to be trimmed, I think. The Ian Matson Mark Kukurea situation I think is going to become more relevant, especially with Kukurea maybe now going like that with his form again. And I think it will be of concern to Chelsea fans like it was in the summer of letting Ian Matson go and keeping Mark Kukurea around and, you know, the options you have in that area. I think other than that, in terms of in and outs, I mean, Chalaba's been an obvious one, but they have invested in a lot of players like Benoit Badiashil. Axel Dezassi that I just what's the point in letting them go and although I did bring up this kind of it sounded like a very kind of extreme idea of uh, Noni Manawake potentially going out on loan I mean I've even seen Benoit Badiashil an idea of him going on loan I just don't quite understand the the logic in doing that uh, because again you've invested in these players very recently and if you're going to send them out on loan elsewhere, it kind of feels like we're giving up on them already. And I just don't think that's a, a smart move, especially when we've had some key injuries in defence and are just across this squad. And, you know, it's not the case that you need to chop this squad down massively. Uh, but I, I do think that on the other side, signing a load of players will only make the problem worse. I think it's relevant to point out the issues that Graham Potter clearly had. We did a lot of work to trim down the squad. It does not need to be bulked up anymore. Um, As I say, other than centre forward, really that's the only discussion point. And I I just can't see Osserman moving in January. I just, I can't really. I think that Ivan Tony always feels like the most realistic here. I still would like to see, and it's not going to be a lot of sample size before we get to January, what an what a Christopher Nkunku 
influence does on this Chelsea team. And as well with, say, Armando Breuer, I mean, we haven't really seen that much of him this season. And I thought the, the small glimpses we got of him before he got that injury set back in October, I think he looked really promising. So I'm not kind of banging the table going, we have to sign X number of players. Uh, but I think in terms of Chelsea's whole strategy and the direction they want to go in, and if they really are kind of desperate for Champions League football, you could see that desperation come out in January again. And whether that will mean that Chelsea get a better squad, I think is up for debate in terms of, you know, it's all right. It's it's very easy and I've seen it so often, flippant reactions from fans. But then not even a year under a year later, people are starting to bemoan all of that reactive business that doesn't actually help us in the long term. You know, I remember the January of 2022 when people wanted Luca Dean. Actually, Chelsea not acting in that window, I felt, was the smarter move in the long term. I really I really do think that. So not acting is not a sign of failure if you are just going to go out there and buy mid to kind of bad players who aren't going to improve your team, are going to clog up your squad and they're going to leave you with more questions in the long term. That's not, I don't want another draft Felix situation. I would rather have a situation where we actually sell more players in this window. Ones who like Chalabar probably need to leave for the best, for the best uh, interest of their career. Maybe you are looking at a loan or two for players who haven't got a lot of football so far this season. And then maybe selling one or two who don't have any plans. I mean, I think, you know, it comes up and maybe people think I'm being harsh after the weekend. But I think the future of Kukurea and Matson obviously is is a is a relevant point here of maybe starting to, to trim the squad a little bit more. So that that in itself is, is a relevant point. But I'm not, I mean, maybe I'm in the minority and maybe people are really panicking right now about Chelsea. But I, I can't, all the evidence we have of how, bad this squad has looked over 2023 and how chaotic it's been the idea that we need to go out there and spend even more and bring in another flurry of players I just think is it's just it, it's just repeating the same problems over and over again co- constantly chasing your own tail and thinking if we just repeat the mistakes of the past that we're complaining about now somehow that's going to get us closer to where we want to be I personally just don't think that's a very smart idea I think unless you are going to pull off an Osserman or you're going to bring in Ivan Tony, who I do think both of those would be kind of statement signings. Other than that, I'm not I'm not really looking at, at this squad and thinking it needs even more major investment. That's that's kind of my belief. That's not the I, I always think I, I I always do feel like I'm sound boring or kind of sound like I'm not exciting because I know a lot of people always want transfers and I understand it's that kind of dopamine hit we got many in the January window but did it in the end make us a a wildly better team in the second half of the season I mean I think no no is the answer it's it's unequivocal that we didn't improve because of those signings and that's not to say all of those signings were rubbish Benoit Badiashil I think was a very very good signing I think Enzo Fernandez hopefully in the long term proved to be a very very good signing I think Noni Madawake is a talented player uh Mikhailo Mudrik hopefully can develop too but it just shows you that January, just making big statements in January doesn't lead to instant results. So I'd like people to consider that when they're just calling out for us to sign a load of new players because we've had a bad result against Newcastle and they're panicking looking at the table. But then that leads to, of course, the ownership and their long-term strategy. What is it? Does it make sense? Will their actual plan, which we discussed earlier in the episode, actually come out to be good for Chelsea or is it going to be flawed and leave Chelsea in a worse place let me know your thoughts in the comments below you can follow me across socials at Son of Chelsea and I will see you again very soon all the best Sports
Podcast Network.